They had the Midwinter Eagle Survey, and that's a collaborative effort between the Last Green Valley and also the Connecticut DEP. So we bring in Chief Ranger Bill Reed from TLGV and also Brian Hess from the Connecticut DEEP, a wildlife biologist, to talk about the Midwinter Eagle Survey. Guys, good morning. Thanks for joining me today. And Bill, let me start with you. What is the origin of this project and what is the ultimate goal of the project? Well, thanks for thanks for having us again, uh, Wayne. It's always a pleasure to to, to be with you, and I know how much you uh, love uh, bald eagles. Well, the Last Green Valley uh, started participating in this project in 2010. Um, it's been going on for some time, and of course, Brian's been coordinating it in the in the state for several years as well. The reason we started it actually was uh, in 2009. You might recall that the Last Green Valley had uh, did a program called Source to Sea, and we paddled all of the rivers throughout the Last Green Valley all the way out to Long Island Sound. So we were on the Natchog, the Quinnebog, the Willimantic, the Chetucket, the Five Mile, the French, all these rivers, and we saw a lot of bald eagles. Um, that winter, I then saw a report on the Midwinter Survey saying that there was one bald eagle reported in the Midwinter Survey on the Quinnebog. And I, we saw more than that. And so I got in touch with them and I said, geez, you know, we just did this program and a lot of people uh, are really interested in bald eagles and in our water resources. Can we help? And they said, sure. And so we then started placing volunteers along the locations, along rivers initially where we knew that there were good sight lines up and down, up and down the river. So that's how we started it. And, and, and of course, my job and the job of the work of Lash Green Valley, we're, we're trying to herald and celebrate and get people interested in the natural and cultural resources of our region. And what better, what better way than to get folks out looking for bald eagles, then we report on it, and it's, it's just really steamrolled over the years, or snowballed, I guess, to now where we have uh, many, many volunteers in, in many locations helping Brian um, uh, record uh, the bald eagles up this neck of the woods. But Brian could probably speak to more of the national role of the Midwinter Survey, I, I would imagine. Brian, fire away. Sure, yeah. So the Midwinter Eagle Survey is a nationwide effort um, that was instituted. Uh, it's been going on since the, the late 70s, and it's had a few different homes over the years as far as overall administration, but currently it lives with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Uh, they're the ones that administer, compile, and analyze uh, the data from time to time. They'll they'll go into that data and say, here's what the trends are for, you know, a given period of time. The latest one that I know looks at eagle trends from 1986 through 2010. I know they're working on the, that 2020 update to that, so that would include 1986 to 2020. Now, I know the eagle is our national bird. However, it's our national symbol. However, do we have... Midwinter osprey surveys. By the way, they don't have them around here in the wintertime. But do we have midwinter hawk surveys? Why do we do this for eagles? Right. So mid, uh, if you could do a midwinter osprey survey, but the numbers would be pretty low. Uh, ospreys are migratory birds that are going to spend the winter in, in Venezuela. Uh, here, uh, mid, uh, eagles are migratory in that they're just going to move to where they can ever, wherever they can find open water and the resources that they need. So they're staying put if they can. 
So the name of the game is to make as little uh, make as little effort as possible uh, if you're a, if you're a bald eagle out there. All right, the pregame show is over. People want to know how is our eagle population doing, and what were the results of the 2024 midwinter eagle survey? Well, I, well, I can tell you for our our, our survey um, in our area, we 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 uh, counted 31 uh, bald eagles. Uh, and keep in mind, this survey is typically the first Saturday in January. It's a four-hour survey, 7 o'clock to 11 a.m. Um, and so we counted um, 23 adults, uh, seven juveniles, and one unknown. It was undetermined what, 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 what was adult or, or juvenile. Um, and we had uh, 33 volunteers. We were in 18 river locations and 17 flatwater locations. Um, and so I know that there are some other volunteers that report directly to Brian, not not to me, uh, not volunteers that I put together. Uh, and so I know there's some other ones located in the Lash Green Valley. Uh, for example, a gentleman that surveys up at Mansfield Hollow. He, he's been doing it for years and reports directly to Connecticut DEEP. So we have numbers comparable to last year. Um, I will say that I was down a couple of volunteers, so I, I wasn't able to place anybody on the Willimannock River this year. Uh, hope that any of the people listening might be interested in helping to get in touch with us about that. Um, but we did we did comparable to last year. Last year we had uh, 33 eagles counted. We do this program every year to see what the trends are with eagles. And there's been some years when they do this on really, really cold mornings. Well, statistically, when the airport was 17 degrees that morning and the high temperature was 34 degrees, Brian, what's the procedure done to make sure you don't double count an eagle? How do you know that a person is in spot A and the eagle decides to take off, maybe in search of food, and then somebody else sees that same eagle? So you don't double count. <laughs> right. So we do, uh, you know, we do put uh, uh, volunteers along survey, standardized survey routes. We have people try to do the same amount of effort year over year. And then we do kind of cross, we do kind of compare a survey, uh, one neighboring survey uh, route to another. Uh, there is a little bit of noise in that survey, though. So there's there's potential out there that, that we do double count things. Um, but we uh, we try to do our best to use statistics to correct for that. Bill, can you speak for the volunteers and Brian who do this and just talk about what happens when you are there at an observation point, usually near water, and then contact? You see an eagle. Is there like a giddy? Is there like a warm fuzzy that goes on inside your body when you see an eagle? Well, I, I never get tired of it. It's it's always a thrill. Now, where my my volunteer location, and it's one that I've done since 2010. That's at the Quinnebog Valley uh, Trout Hatchery, um, and that's in Central Village. And eagles are attracted to that area for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's right along the Quinnebog River, but uh, also importantly, the Moosup River. Uh, it's at the confluence with the Moosup uh, right around that hatchery. But there's also really tall, um, high 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 tower electrical line that crosses over the hatchery and eagles love to roost on the highest point in the, in the, around the land. And, you know, whether you're along a lake or you're out in an open area. And so it's an area that, uh, and, and also the field is got two, about two or 300 acres. So when we're there, I've got 
two or three other volunteers with me, and we stay in one location, sort of near the river, but in the middle of the field area. And we're constantly looking in all different directions because we can miss one in just a second flying up the Quinnebog River. Um, and also that wide expanse does give, give us an opportunity to see some soaring eagles that may be quite a distance away from us. And so with good binoculars and spotting scopes, we're able to make some identifications. But the important thing is every time we see an eagle, we record its location on a map and we record how long it's there in the exact time. And when it leaves, what direction it is flying. Uh, so that if I'm at the trout hatchery and there's another volunteer up on the Quinnebog River in Brooklyn or, or in Pomfret or in Danielson, you know, if Brian's looking at the data, okay, Bill spotted a bald eagle flying up the river at, at 8 o'clock. Uh, an eagle was also spotted further upstream at 8.20 flying upstream. Then, then they might have a sense that that was the same bird. That's how we do it. Um, and uh, some, some of our volunteers, though, they live on a lake or a pond. And they uh, will, will, will monitor from their, from their porch. <laughs> That's kind of easy. Um, but the important thing is that all of the volunteers, uh, or at least a team leader who's in charge of that survey, has experience. And that's the critical element of it. Uh, Brian needs to have confidence that who we're putting out there uh, have experience in, in, in seeing eagles. And Brian, Bill said that they spotted 31 bald eagles here in the last Green Valley National Heritage Corridor. Can you speak statewide and speak in general to the trends? What are these numbers, 31 bald eagles spotted this year, compared to the last couple of years and maybe the last couple of decades? Are we getting, in general, a trend of more eagles here in the quiet corner? Uh, absolutely, we are. Um, so you'll, if you look back over the past four decades of data, you'll see, um, you know, a market just incre uh, increase over, over time. So in the 1979, there was 20 eagles seen total in the whole state. Um, you know, by 2000, the year 2000, you got 72 eagles seen. Last year, 2023, uh, we had 185 eagles seen across the state. I don't know what 2024 is going to going to bring. Um, all 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 reports and suggestions seems to be we're we're in line with that. But we've got 160 observation points across the state. We've got 220 some volunteers participating. Um, so yeah, there's a the, the trend. The trend is growth, um, and we see that in the nesting numbers as well. Brian, what's the effect of weather? This has not been a cold winter. Last January, every day of the month was above average. But my point has to do with water freezing, and that reduces the options for feeding for the eagles, where they like to go in the rivers and the lakes and get fish. Well, it's been a fairly mild winter so far. Does that make for more water availability and more food choices for them? And in doing so, wouldn't that increase the number of eagles around? Um, it, it, it might, but it also might increase the, you know, the spread of them across the landscape. One of the things that we sometimes see is if we have a nice cold winter, especially to the north of us where uh, options are freezing up, eagles will push in south. So that's kind of like the highest numbers we see are usually when eagles from northern New England and southern Canada uh, are, are pushing down into, you know, southern New England where we are. So we have eagles that aren't normally in our area. 
Um, you know, right now, because it's been a relatively ice-free winter so far, uh, we've got um, fewer, uh, probably fewer total eagles, but our resident eagles probably are sticking around because there's, uh, because there's availability out there. Bill, you indicated seven immature eagles. As I understand it, that means basically one to five years old before they get the white head. But when you go out for your survey on January 6th, at least in Connecticut, isn't it too early in the season to find chicks? They're not laying their eggs yet, are they? No, um, though this is the time of year when the, uh, the, the adult pairs that are, that are a breeding pair with, with a territory in a nest this is when they're starting to, uh, you see courtship display, they're going back to the nest, they're doing repair of the nest. And so this is actually the start of the breeding season uh, for eagles. Um, they will start to lay eggs, you know, between uh, mid-February, mid-March. It takes 35 days for them to hatch. So do the math. And so then you're going to, that chick, which starts about the size of a baseball or a softball, is going to be you know, the size of an adult eagle over 30 inches tall by the time it fledges. So it requires a lot of food. And so they're going to then take about 90 days or so before they're ready to to, uh, to take flight. So but this is the beginning, but it's too early for eggs. It's it's a, a, a month at least or more uh, too early for eggs. Food, he said. Brian, specifically, what are some of the favorite choices of dining for these eagles? Well, they're specially adapted to, to eat fish. Uh, I think I think many folks know have seen the videos of like an eagle catching a, a nice big fish from the top of the water. Uh, but they're they're really the raccoons of the sky. They'll take whatever they can get their hands on, uh, and or uh, talons on, as it were. Uh, really, they're they'll scavenge things. This you know, sadly, this year sometimes immature eagles we we see them road killed because they're you know having trouble catching food on their own. You know, they might take some risks and go after something that's alongside of a road. Um, we might see uh, them going after, uh, particularly on right now, now that uh, ponds and lakes are starting to freeze up and you end up with this concentration of ducks, geese, and gulls around that one little tiny open patch of ice. Um, that Those end up being uh, like little, little spots for eagles to stop off and grab a, a, a goose or something like that. Um, so... Um, you know, that this time of year, we'll definitely see them uh, dip into the waterfowl a little bit, too. Uh, they will steal uh, anything from any, any other animal as well, but uh, their usual target is ospreys, and they're not around to, to do the fishing for them this time of year. As you guys know, I'm a huge fan of live eagle nest cameras. My favorite one is the one in Big Bear Valley, California, and uh, that, that Jackie and Shadow, the two eagles out there, are just phenomenal and so entertaining. But there's some in Florida, well, they're all over the country, but the ones I like in Florida, there's one in Fort Myers, and they just had a chick. It's now 25 days old. Brian, how surprised at you that a couple of days ago, the father, M15, brought a turtle to the nest to feed the female and also the chick? Stuff like that happens, absolutely, and uh, you'll you'll hear stories of uh, of people who are doing um, uh, you know eagle nest surveys. They're um, they're uh, you know they might find some turtle shells. You might find uh, um, you know a color of a cat or something like that up there too. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, a little bit of a crapshoot sometimes. 
Bill, you had to postpone your acorn adventure for families all about bald eagles, but the program will now be coming up on February 24th. Tell people about that program and how they can attend. Right, yeah. Acorn Adventures is our monthly program for families with children, um, and the eagle one is always very, very popular. Uh, we last, uh, last year and again this year, we had scheduled for uh, Norwich Harbor, Howard Brown Park in Norwich Harbor, um, and so we have also have uh, the folks from Horizon Wings come to that with their eagles so that if we don't see any eagles, we will have eagles there. Um, but the conditions down there were just too icy, um, in particular for kids running around with sneakers and all that. So we postponed it to September 24th. I still did go down Saturday morning um, because there might have been some folks that heard about it and didn't know that we canceled it. And sure enough, there was a nice bald eagle flying around. A few folks were there, so I was able to talk to them a little bit about it. And Bill, last summer, you had a speaking program with slides at the Mansfield Library about eagles. Will there be any similar programs like that in this area coming up in 2024? Yeah, I'm always available for that. Um, I am doing a program in uh, Canterbury at the Canterbury uh, Library. Uh, I believe it's in May. Um, and by then, we, we may have some results on what we know about uh, the nesting uh, eagles in this area, at least for some, some which ones that are active. I was at that event in Mansfield, and it was fascinating. Gentlemen, thanks for the update on the annual Midwinter Eagle Survey for 2024. Thanks for joining me this morning. Thanks a lot, Wayne. You're welcome. Thanks. It's Bill Reed, Chief Ranger with the Last Green Valley, and Brian Hess with the Connecticut DEP, a wildlife biologist talking about the eagles on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.